Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo. And I'm about ready to leave Mexico. I'm going to head back to the States for a very short time. And I don't know how long that is. Again, short time is relative. I get it. It could mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. It could mean days, weeks, months, even years. For some people, short time is years. But when I say short time, I mean I'll be in the States for a short time and then I'll be heading down to Ecuador. Now, I'm not sure if I fully disclosed to you, my family, my podcast family, my alpha male family, and alpha female. Look, I mean, I know there are are sisters. I know there are women that listen to this podcast. So even though I say brothers a lot, like I'm talking to the brotherhood, I'm talking to the alpha males out there, I realize that there are many, 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 many alpha females that exist and, and listen to this podcast as well. So you're really my family. You know, you're my siblings in alphahood. <laughs> and I don't know if I fully disclosed to all of you why I came to Mexico, although I will in time. You guys will know. I'm not quite ready to a tell all right now. However, I came down here with intention, with purpose, and I have completed that purpose. And now I'm heading back to the States for a short time. Then I will be heading down to Ecuador. And uh, I've been to Ecuador before. I love Ecuador. I'm specifically heading to the Andes, into the Cloud Forest, which is actually the most biodiverse area on planet Earth, which is to say it has the most variants of life, variants in both flora and fauna, most variants of the plants, the trees, most variants of the animals, birds, reptiles, insects, mammals, everything. So I'm going to be heading down to Ecuador in a short time after doing a little bit of time in the U.S. But today what I'm going to talk to you guys about is it kind of piggybacks off both of the the most recent podcast episodes, which was two weeks ago. I completed the series on the karmic clock. There were three episodes on that. And I know that there are a lot of questions on that because that's pretty heavy concept. I mean, that's a really heavy concept to get into. And it can be very subtle in the message. Because if you're not really listening between the words, if you're not listening to the silence between the sounds, and you're just listening to the words themselves, and then filtering it through your own conditioning, through your own experiences, it can be very difficult to understand. It can be very difficult to pick up. So it's very, very subtle, and it can be very, very heavy. And then last week, I told you guys a personal story. And I'm going to tell you guys another story today. That's why I'm saying it's piggybacking off of last week. But really, it's going to be more about this karmic clock idea. And not so much about the clock itself, but about one of the concepts that I delivered, one of the concepts that I introduced in the Karmic Clock series, which is to love your enemies, to pray for those who persecute you, right? So I'm going to tell you guys a story in a moment, but I'm going to begin with the concept. I'm going to begin with teaching a concept. And the concept is that consciousness is energy and energy is conscious. Those are two different statements. Okay, consciousness is energy. Our awareness, our consciousness, our thoughts, this is energy. And we send this energy. We use this energy. We send it out into the universe. Now, you guys know this because we've talked about thought uploads. 
And we talked about the law of attraction. And you guys know that when you have a thought, your consciousness, you are sending that message out. You are sending it just the same way that a radio station sends out a radio signal for us to listen to on uh, whatever device we have, whatever radio or device we're using. And the second statement is energy is conscious, is to understand that all the energy in the world, which is what the world is made up of, the phenomena of hardness, the phenomena of what we call reality of the third dimension of matter and density, is made up of energy. It's made up of little bits of energy. And these little bits of energy are conscious in and of themselves. Every little piece is a part of consciousness, has its own consciousness, is conscious, is conscious of itself and its environment. So understand these things. Understand that consciousness is energy and energy is conscious. Now, what I'm going to talk about specifically here is thoughts, words, and actions. The reason why in the academy we spend so much time in the beginning on thought downloads and the models of alignment is because we really need to look at what our thoughts are. And most of the world, most people in the world, due to, of course, the conditioning. And let me back up for a moment because I just want you guys to know that the alpha male the alpha male, and I've said this before, but I'm going to remind you very quickly. The alpha male is a spiritual man, is a man who knows he is a celestial being come here to earth. We call it earth school. <laughs> this is a classroom. It's not a courtroom. I know that many religions will tell you that earth is a courtroom and you're here to get through it. Uh, at the end, you're judged. But that's not really, I mean, this is not a courtroom. This is a classroom. And it's actually graduate school. It's one of the higher classrooms in the realms, in the dimensions, in the universe, in the multiverse, whatever you want to call it. And the alpha male is a spiritual male. The alpha male is a male, a man, alpha female, a female, a woman. But the alpha is one who is awakening to the predicament of living in a limited reality, that the reality that we think we live in is very limited in scope in scope and, and perception. And you, I know there may be all of these connotations around alpha males being, you know, they have a lot of money or they have a business or they have a lot of employees, you know, they manage people or they're leaders or they have a lot of women, you know, they're highly attractive, you know, and whatever that means, according to your culture, maybe they're very tall or maybe they have a lot of hair or maybe they have a certain amount of muscle tone or whatever that is, or they're ambitious or they're I don't know, whatever other stuff is out there. You know, there's all kinds of stuff out there. But truly, truly, you could have all of these things and not be an alpha. You could have all these things and be an alpha. You could have none of these things and be an alpha. And you can have none of these things and not be an alpha because being an alpha has nothing to do with these things. These are things. These are things in form. The alpha male is a spiritual man. Okay, that's what you guys need to know when we talk about is a man that understands energy, a man that understands the spiritual realm, the energy realm. Now, it's not the realm, right? It's not a philosophy. It's not a methodology. It's an experience. It's a true experience. It's a way of life. It's a lifestyle. It has nothing to do with the way you look. It has nothing to do with what you do for a living. It has nothing to do with how many relationships you have. Okay, it has to do with your lifestyle. It has to do with how you approach and engage with the dreamscape of what we call life. Now, to understand this, of course, what I want to get into is thoughts, words, and actions, because so many people, so many people that are in that what we call that beta mindset, the beta consciousness, the beta conditioning, 
approach it backwards. They, they approach it from an action word thought, whereas actions speak louder than words. You may have heard this. Action speaks louder than words. You're going to be defined by your actions, right? That your actions are the most important things that define you. And I'm going to reverse this again. Of course, I'm going to reverse it. <laughs> you guys know me, right? This is what I do. I'm going to reverse. I'm going to say that your thoughts are the most important. That it's your thoughts that are what define you. And your words and your actions, yes, they proceed. They proceed because you have a thought. Everything begins with a thought. And then from your thoughts proceed what you talk about. You talk about what you think about. And then you end up doing, you act upon what you talk about. Right now, of course, there's always a little bit of disassociation. Some people have cognitive dissonance where they'll say one thing and do another. I'm going to go to the gym today, right? Because here we are in the new year. We're in January. Everybody says, yeah, I'm going to have my New Year's resolutions. I'm going to go to the gym today. I'm going to stop eating sugar today. And then they do it, right? Then they do it when they eat sugar, sugar. So of course, like there's that dissonance sometimes, but it's really because of the thoughts. It's really coming from the mind. That's why we have to be so aware, vigilant of watching the mind, of watching these, these thoughts and understanding where these thoughts are coming from. Because these thoughts are the energy. There's so much energy in this thought. The thought is the most powerful energy. The action is the weakest energy because it's really the result. It's the ending. And it's the ending of the process. The process begins with thought. And the action is the end result. And the words sometimes are somewhere in between. You know, there's the, so there's the energy of, of mind, there's the energy of sound, and there's the energy of movement. And the most powerful energy is the energy of mind. And here's what I'm, go here's what I'm going to tell you about this. The most important thing you can do to elevate your alpha, the most important thing you can do to rise and awaken and remember to who you are is to watch your thoughts and be very cautious about the way you think and judge other people. You have to be so cautious about your thoughts about other people because you may not do anything to other people. You may not strike other people. You may not take other people to court. You may not you know, do anything physical. You may not even say anything bad about people. You know, you may be able to hold your tongue around things, right? You may not slander people. You may not yell at people. You may not curse at people. But you've got to watch your mind. You must, must, must watch your mind because that's really where it all begins. That's where all the energy begins. It begins with your thoughts about people. And if you have a negative thought about a person, if you judge someone in your mind, whether or not you say it out loud and whether or not you act upon your judgment, you are sending out a vibration, you're sending out an energy. Consciousness is energy, you're sending that energy out. And that energy is attaching to that person. And when it attaches to that person, it mutates, it kind of makes that person more into the way you think about them. So we actually have the power to not just heal each other, but we actually have the power to harm each other with our thoughts, our thoughts alone, because we're all one. Okay, we're coming back to unity here. I want you guys to understand, like this is a part of unity, it's everything is one. Your thoughts are creating an impression upon this person, what, the way you think about them. Now, of course, the way you think about others tells you nothing about them and everything about you. Now, you guys know this. This is one of those alpha male tenets. You know, just like what other people say about you tells you nothing about you and everything about them. But that is a way of healing. That's a healing methodology. Okay, that's a way for you to begin to let go of how other people judge you, but you being worried about the way other people think about you and begin to monitor your own mind. And it lets go of your judgment on others because you're not really 
here to make your judgments true. You're here to be aware of your judgments so that you can release them, you can transmute them, you can alchemize them back into love. And that's what those tenets are about. And the reason why those tenets are about that, the reason why those tenets are important and the reason why my management is important is because the energy that you send out does attach. And not only is it attached to them, but it attaches to you. It attaches to them and it attaches to you. And this is why watching your mind, watching your mind, this is why we pray for our enemies, right? That's why, you know, Jesus said that. Christ said that. Pray for your enemies, you know. Pray for those who persecute you. You know, love your enemies. They said a lot of different things. That's why in Tibet, in Tibet, the Buddhists in Tibet, they say your enemies are your greatest teachers, right? Because they teach you what your mind is. They teach you what your thoughts are. They teach you how to let go. They teach you how to see. They teach you how to become aware. And so you can let go. You can let go of that anger, that hatred, that resentment, that fear. You can let go of the impatience. You can let go of the judgment. So that's why we watch our mind. That's why where we begin and where we end, like the beginning and the end of the training in the academy, the beginning and the end of the school, this earth school is always mental. It's always mental. Now, of course, we want to watch what we say. <laughs> we want to be careful about what we say to people. So many spiritual practitioners have taken a vow of silence for this reason. You know, be careful what you say. Be very intentful about what you say. And the same with actions, you know, because actions proceed from what we talk about, from our words. So what we do, be intentful with what we do. But the most important thing is to be intentful with your mind. So I'm going to tell you guys a quick story here. Let's get into the story, another personal story. I know some of you guys really like that story from last week and to tell you another story about my life. And I'm going to try to make it quick, although there's a lot of details. So here we go. I own a home in Portland, Portland, Oregon. And I've owned this home since about 2012. It's been over a decade I've had this house. And I lived there for one year from 2012 through 2013. And then in 2014 is when I went on the road. Now, you guys may or may not know that story. I've left Portland in 2014. And I went to Bangkok, I opened a bunch, of, a bunch of gyms in Thailand, Chiang Mai, Bangkok, um, Koh Tao, went to China, Nanjing, did another gym there, went to Australia, and finally finished out around 2016, coming back to the States, um, where I was kind of hitting rock bottom before I turned into the alpha male coach, <laughs> where I really began to manage my mind. Like that's really where it all began was 2016. And when I say rock bottom, I mean, I gave up my gym practice, my business building practice. I decided to make a transition in my career while at the same time, my girlfriend of many years decided she wanted to complete the relationship and basically took everything we had together. I was homeless. I was penniless <laughs> and I was jobless. So, and I was girlfriendless. So that's what I mean by rock bottom. I really, I had very little. And because of that and out of that, came mind management. Out of that came the man that is before you today, this podcast and all of these teachings. So it was really kind of a process. But the point is, is that I, I own this home. I bought this home in 2012 and, and, and I've had renters in there since about 2014, for about 10 years. And every renter I've ever had, I'm going to tell you guys this. I'm going to make this, here's another confession for you. Here's, a, here's something you guys should know. Every renter I've ever had, I've never asked them to pay first and last month and I've never asked for a security deposit. Now that might blow your mind. You may think, what? That's insane, right? Like, I've never met a landlord. I've never moved into an apartment. I wasn't heavily vetted, right? I had to do a background check, an application check, like a credit check. I had to pay first and last months. I had to do security deposit. Well, 
Look, brothers, I mean, you know me, right? You've known me for years now. I've been doing this podcast for years. You probably know that I just don't do that kind of stuff. It's not me. It's not who I am. I meet someone and I get a feeling. I feel. I feel them. I understand. I like. I kind of check them out energetically. And I've never dealt with it. That's why I've had some really great people. To be honest with you, I've had some really, really great tenants. They've come in and yes, they've been young sometimes. They've been a little alternative sometimes. But then again, I mean, the house is in Portland, Oregon, you know, uh, keep Portland weird, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of that, it's that culture of Portland. But they've always been great. I had a family in there once, great family, we had kids, just amazing, amazing people. Very quiet people, you know, if they have questions, if they've got problems, they text me and I fix the problems and everything works out. And it's just great. Like, I love them. I've always loved all my tenants, but I probably had about four or five different tenants and and my most recent tenants moved out on October 1st. And I was kind of scrambling a little bit because I was about to leave Oregon. You know, I, I was going to get out of Oregon shortly after October. And so I, I was looking for another tenant and a guy came through. A guy came through, decided he wanted to rent the house. He'll remain nameless. <laughs> but he decided he came through. Now, I only met him once. I met him on October 1st. It was just the time to sign the lease. We had communicated via email uh, very sporadically, you know, are you interested? Days would go by, he didn't respond. I'd have to reach out again. Hey, are you still interested? But then on October 1st, he came by, signed the lease. We had a chat. We had a good chat. He told me a little bit about himself. He actually ended up, you know, purging a little bit. He cried a little bit, said he was in a bit of a rough spot. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a fairly compassionate guy. You know, I listen. I love. I listen. I'm I'm grateful. And so I, I listened and kind of let him open his heart and let him open open up a bit. And he'd be purged. You know, he got some purging out. He got some tears out. That was great. You know, it's like beautiful and good. Thank you for healing. Thank you for trusting. Thank you for healing. You know, just very grateful for when that happens. He signed the lease and, and I'm thinking everything's great. Right? Okay, I got a new tenant. I'm going to start planning to get out of here. I'm going to start planning to leave to leave Oregon. Well, October 5th goes by. October 10th goes by. No rent. Rent's not paid. I'm very getting very curious. It's like, hey brother, like what's what's happening? Is everything okay? Like, do you need some do you need need some time? Like, do you let me know like when are you gonna pay the rent? Right? Like what's going on? He says, Oh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it before I leave. I'm going to California on the fifteenth to see a you know, a buddy of his had passed away and he was going to see the widow and he was gonna pay before the fifteenth. I'm like, Okay, great, you know, he's gonna pay within the next five days. Well, the fifteenth comes, nothing. And I start texting him, nothing. Start calling him, nothing, right? I call him for days, days, text him days. Hey, brother, what's up? Get back to me. There's no rent. You're gone. You're unresponsive. What's happening? Where you at? He actually changed the locks before he left. So I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get into the house. I couldn't see him. I couldn't talk to him. I didn't know if he was dead. I, I finally told him, I'm like, look, I need to know if you're alive. You know, you're not responding to me. There's no rent that's been paid. You've changed the locks. Like I'm going to have to, you know, enter the house <laughs> to make sure that you're not lying dead, you know, that you didn't like you had an, uh, a stroke or a heart attack or something and you're, you're, you're dead in the house and nothing. I get no response. So I finally say, okay, look, I didn't want to do it, right? My friends, my family were telling me, it's like, you got to, you got to start evicting. You got to start the process of eviction. Like this happens. People do this. People take advantage, especially in Oregon. Like it's, Oregon is a pro-tenant state. Like they don't really support landlords. Like if you don't start the eviction process, you're going to end up with a squatter. You're going to end up with a guy who just, who lives there for free. It's again, against my better judgment. I don't like going through the law. I'm not a litigator. I believe the law is a part of the 
part of the problems of the world, to be quite honest with you. I think the law is really based, the, the only thing the law serves is the law itself, right? The law does not serve the people. It's my opinion. You, you guys may disagree, but it's my opinion. I finally caved. I said, okay, look, became October 22nd. I said, all right, I'm going to do it. I print out the paperwork. You know, I go to eforms.com and I print out the paperwork and I send him a picture, take a picture. It's like, hey, brother, like I got to start this process. And I text him the pictures. And within 30 seconds, he calls me, right? After this is like after weeks of not hearing anything, nothing. I hadn't heard from him since the 10th, right? So weeks had gone by. And he's yelling at me. You know, he's yelling at me, yelling at me, yelling at me. He's like, how dare you? You're going to evict me. Like, you know, I just moved in. You know, we have a great relationship and you're going to, and I just let him yell. He yells for uh, 30 to 60 minutes. And again, I'm not embellishing it either, brothers. I'm not exaggerating. Like he was yelling, yelling for a good long time. Because again, like I believe this guy's really hurting inside. I mean, the only time I ever met him, he cried in front of me and now he's sitting here yelling at me. So I know there's something going on. I know there's something energetically, there's something emotionally really deep, something deep inside this man, this brother of ours. And I just let him yell. And that's what I do, right? I listen. It's kind of my thing. I listen to people purge. I listen to people tell me what's going on in their heart, what's going on in their mind. And uh, I just let him go. And then at the end, he was finally exhausted of yelling. (laughs) And I said, look, I hear what you're saying, brother, but you got to pay my rent. Like, you got to pay your rent. Like, I got to pay the bank, right? Like, I can't just let you live here for free. I need to pay the rent or I need to pay the mortgage. So you got to pay me for the banks to get paid. Like, like you, you know, you made this agreement with the lease. He calms down and he says, okay, okay, okay. I'm coming up. I'm coming up. I'm going to come up in a couple of days and I'll get you the money before the end of the month. I'm like, okay, great. Next day, he actually texts me. He's apologized. Like, look, I, I'm sorry. I was drinking. I just lost my buddy. I was drinking. I was upset. I didn't mean it. It's like, yeah, don't worry about it, brother. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Like, I don't take it personally. Well, a couple of days go by and again, nothing. And I start texting him again. I start calling him again. Nothing, nothing, no response, no response, no response. Finally, it comes down to October 30th and he gets back to me. He says, okay, I'm leaving tomorrow and I'll get to the bank before close of business. I'm going to get to the bank before the end of the day on October 31st. I'll make sure you get the money. I'm like, beautiful, thank you. Well, end of the day goes by October 31st and there's no rent. <laughs> nothing, nothing in the bank. So he tells me, he's like, well, yes, I tried to get up there. I rode, I mean, you know, because he was driving. He's, he drives motorcycles. He's a, he's a rider and he takes his motorcycle up from California. And he said he's an accident on I-5. Couldn't get up before the banks closed. He's like, but look, November 1st is tomorrow. I'll be at the bank at 9 a.m. Before they open, before the tellers arrive, I will be at the bank and I will make sure I deposit first thing in the morning. I'm like, okay, okay. Again, like just continue to trust, right? Trusting, trusting, trusting. Well, 9 a.m., November 1st, 10 a.m., 11 a.m., 12 a.m., nothing. Or 12 p.m., nothing, nothing. Nothing in the bank. And I call him, like, okay, listen, we got to meet. We got to meet tonight. It's like, okay. So I go to the house. And this is all, I've driven out to the house several times because I'm still staying at my brother's place, about an hour away from my home in Portland. My brother lives in the suburbs. lives closer to the, you know, he lives west of Portland. So I've driven out there many, many times hoping he'd be there. And he wasn't because, you know, he said he'd be back in a couple of days and didn't actually make it back until the 31st, the night of the 31st. But I go out there again on the 1st and he's there and we talk. And again, for the second time, our, our second meeting ever, you know, he cries again. He tells me the stories, like you know, a whole bunch of different things. I don't want to get into the story because it doesn't really matter, but he's there, he's purging, he's having a tough time. It's like, okay, we make this agreement. It's like, okay, brother, look, like, here's the thing. If you can put both October and November's month's rent in the bank, 
in 72 hours. I'll give you 72 hours, right? Until November 4th to get this money in the bank because it's the night of the 1st. Then we're square. Like we're good. Everything's okay. And I notice at the same time as I'm there that the oven is missing. That's another story. <laughs> the oven's not in the kitchen. The oven's not in the kitchen, right? I don't know what happened to the oven, but I noticed this. He's like, okay, okay, we can do that. So 72 hours goes by, the 5th, the 6th, the 7th, nothing. And I realize now that I'm really dealing with something that I've never dealt with before, you know, because I trust, you know, I tend to trust people. And I realize I haven't really dealt with this before. I haven't dealt with the depths of this kind of, of hurt, this kind of suffering with an individual, this kind of pain, because either he's doing it intentionally or he's doing it unconsciously, right? So there's the conscious or unconscious motive here. Now, brothers, the reason why I'm telling you this story, I'm not telling you this story because I'm a victim, right? You guys know I don't believe in victimhood. And I don't believe he's a victim either. I'm not telling you this story because he's the victim, because he needs help, because there's something wrong with him, right? Even though I've said to you, you know, he's in pain and so on. I'm telling you this story because I've worked with brothers who have come to the academy, who have owned many, many properties, and this has happened to them before. And when they come to me during our one-on-one -on -one calls, they come to me with these stories of anger. They come to me with these stories of resentment, these stories of frustration, these stories of impatience. And for the first time, I'm starting to understand. I'm like, okay, I see where they're coming from. Like, I get it. I see what it is that can trigger these kinds of thoughts. Because you begin to wonder, like, like I'm still paying the mortgage, right? I'm paying the mortgage and I'm paying for, you know, apparently I'm paying for a new oven. <laughs> you know, so there's some things that I'm like, okay, so what's happening here? Well, finally, on November 15th, my tenant, he deposits October's rent, not November's rent, just October's rent. And I come to realize, okay, this is, I, I'm going to have to do something here. I'm really going to have to help this guy out because he is not taking responsibility for his commitments. Like not only has he signed a lease that said he was going to pay rent, but he's also made many, many, many verbal commitments to me. You know, I'll pay before I leave to go to California. I'll pay as soon as I get back into Oregon. I'll pay the next morning as soon as the bank opens. I'll pay within 72 hours. All of these verbal commitments, they just weren't happening over and over. So I'm realizing, like, I need to help this man. <laughs> I need to help this guy out. And this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the karmic clock, right? About loving your enemies, about, you know, the people that are kicking you. Like, you're down. You're being kicked. And this guy's, you know... It's kind of like that's what's happening. Again, not in a victim sense, but just like he's in pain. His pain is being projected out, like something's going on, something's happening. So I realized I got to help him out, and I got to help him out by helping him take responsibility. So in my actions, now here's the thing, brother. This is what I'm talking about, thoughts, words, actions. In my words, I'm very kind to him. I'm very kind to him. I'm very loving to him. I'm very compassionate with him. You know, letting him know, like, you know, you got to replace the oven, brother. You can't just take the oven out of the house. But, you know, you didn't have written permission for that. And by the way, I need copies of the keys because you didn't have permission to change the locks either. So I need to get copies of those keys, right? Very, very kind, like very compassionate. And when he's crying, when he's telling me stories, you know, again, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? How can I support you through this? Is there something you need from me? In my actions, I am beginning the eviction process. And you guys might think, well, that's not very loving, right? You're going to kick him out of the house. Well, here's the thing. It's, it is the loving thing to do because for the guy to live there for free, the guy to live there for not taking responsibilities for his commitment because he agreed to pay the lease, 
that's not helping him out. You know, helping him out is beginning to show him where he's making these decisions that are hurting him. And making these decisions that are hurting him includes making commitments and not following through. It's one of the things we work on with the academy is building indomitable self-confidence. It's following through on commitments. It's, it's taking actions. The action pillar of indomitable self-confidence is saying something and then meeting your words with your movement, meeting your sound with your movement. It creates alignment. Well, it creates indomitable self-confidence. And so... I realized, okay, like I got to start this process. Like after he's evicted, then I can go and I can help him get set up in another place, maybe in a place that's a little cheaper, doesn't cost as much to live in, where he can get back on his feet and he can start to, you know, I just want to help him out. But in my mind, this is the thing, brothers, in my mind, every day, every day when I do my meditations, I do my morning meditations, every day I'm saying, I love you. I love you. You know, I'm sending it out to this. I'm sending it out to this man, our brother. Like, I love you, brother. You're okay. You're going to be okay. Everything is okay. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for waking up. Thank you for remembering. Thank you for taking responsibility. Thank you for following through on your commitments. You know, the gratitude for what's already done. Like, none of that had happened. But to be grateful that he had done these things ahead of time, gratitude ahead of time. And I love you, and I love you, and you're a good man. You're a good man. Like everything is okay. Everything is okay. You're a good man. That's where the real energy matters. That's what really, really, really matters. Now, I can say all the things, right? I can send him text messages. I can, I can call. He's just completely unresponsive. I'm going to tell you guys, I, I have not received anything from him since November 15th, right? That's just, there's been no, no correspondence whatsoever. There's been correspondence from my attorney to him that said, hey, like, you know, here's your court date. You know, you got to show up here and this is what's happening. You know, you got to replace the oven within 30 days or da, 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 da. There's been a lot of that kind of correspondence. But between he and I, there'd been nothing. I'd send him a bunch of text messages. I even said, Merry Christmas. <laughs> hey, Merry Christmas, brother. Like, hope you have a festive holiday season. Nothing. Like, no response. Nothing. Completely unresponsive. So in the words, right, but in the actions too, like in my actions, I'm just kind of letting my attorney handle it. It's like, okay, that's you know, my attorney's going to handle the eviction. Then I can go in as a brother. I can go in and say, okay, how can we get you on your feet, my friend? Like, how can we work together to set you up? I got to get somebody else in the house that's going to pay the lease. <laughs> I got somebody else because you're not doing it. So I can set you up somewhere else and we can, we can work together. But in the mind, that's what's important because that's the energy. That's what's sticking to him. That's what's going out there. That's the consciousness is energy and energy is conscious. And I send that out. I send that as a vibration, as a transmission, I love you. You're a good man. You've done the right thing. You're doing the right thing. I do the right thing. Thank you for following through. Thank you for honoring your commitment. Thank you. So at this point, this energy as it sticks to him, if I think about him this way, it will begin to transform him, right? It'll begin to transform. It's, we call this healing, right? Healing is transformation. Healing is letting go. Healing is remembering. Beginning to transform. And what it does for me as well, because what I could do, and I just, like I said, I've had many, many brothers who are landlords, who are property holders, come to me on one-on-one calls just angry, angry and frustrated and resentful and, so, and just so full of like this energy of, of rage and hate sometimes. Like, oh my God, these people, they're so, they're so poor and they're so bad. I just need to get them out. They just don't, they just don't care. Just all of this energy. So for me as well, you understand. 
for me as well to sit in the vibration of love, to sit in the vibration of, of forgiveness, to sit in the vibration of patience, to sit in the vibration of gratitude. It's good for me. It's good for me. It's good for him, right? Because everything is one. Everything is one. Everything is one. Everything is one. Everything is love. Brothers, hear me. Hear me. Everything is love. Everything is one. Everything is love. Everything is one. And so it's good. This is good. This is what we do. This is what we do. We love our enemies. We pray for those who persecute. We wish goodness on those who curse us, right? This is a part of uh, the teachings. This is part of the, the teaching of all mystics, right? Of all spirituals, of all alphas. All alphas have always said this. You know, turn the other cheek. Turn the other cheek. Turn the other cheek. You know, this is the mystic. This is the alpha. And I'm going to tell you something. We went to court. I'm in Mexico, so I had to show up remotely. But what happened was my tenant, you know, he shows up to court and he wants a settlement. I mean, look, the guy hasn't paid rent. <laughs> he hasn't paid rent for three months, November, December, and January, because the court date was recently. He hadn't paid rent for November for December for January, right? He'd taken the oven. I don't know if he trashed it. I don't know if he stole it. I don't know if he sold it. I don't know what happened to the oven, but the oven's is gone. And it was working. It was a working oven. It's not like it was a broken oven. It was working. I checked it on October 1st. My previous tenants confirmed it was working when they were working, when they were there. So, you know, he shows up to court and he, and he asks for a settlement. And the settlement is basically he just pays everything in arrears. You know, he pays for November, December, January on February 1st. So he pays three months on February 1st, but he also pays for February. So he pays November, December, January, and February on February 1st. But he gives me $3,000 right now. Now I wasn't there, so he gave the 3,000 to my attorney. I took the settlement, just so you guys know. I took the settlement, it's like, okay, great. Like, let's, let's do this. I'm not trying to ruin this guy. Like, I love this man, right? Like, he's a good man. We're just gonna let's try to repair this relationship, right? Let's make this relationship into a brotherhood. So I took the settlement. He gives 3K to my attorney. He's going to give the rest. He's going to put the rest of my bank account on February 1st. He's going to pay for November, December, January, and February on, on February 1st. Then March will be on time. April will be on time. And if any of that doesn't happen, then the court will immediately evict him because this is now a settlement with the court. It's not a settlement with me. It's a settlement with the court. There's no trial. There's no, there's just nothing. He goes straight to eviction. So, you know, it's like, okay, I, I took the settlement. I'm, I want to help him out. And here's the thing. And this is what I want you guys to hear because this is wild, right? This is wild. The night after the settlement, I go to sleep and I have several dreams. One of the dreams is I was shuffling cards in my hand. They were all five, sixes, and sevens. I was putting them in order, right? Putting all the fives together, putting all the sixes together, putting all the sevens together. Kind of like when you play rummy, right? You, you put the runs and sets together. So all the fives together, all the sixes together. And of course, the angelic numbers, because usually I don't see numbers in my dreams, right? You don't see numbers, you don't see letters, but I could see them very clearly, five, sixes, and sevens. And these angelic numbers have meaning, but it doesn't really matter for this story. But... I woke up, I went back to sleep, and, and before I woke up for the morning, the last thing I remember before I woke up for the morning was my tenant. I had a dream that my tenant came to me in my dream, and he said, I love you. In my dream, it was this man. I could see him. I could see his face. I could see his body. He said, I love you. You see, that's the thing, brothers. That's the healing. Now, I don't know what he's doing. He's in Oregon. I'm in Mexico. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's saying. 
You know, he could be talking to his friends about, oh, my landlord's this, he's a piece of this and he's a piece of that and what an evil guy and da, 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 da. You know, he took me to court and blah, blah, blah. He could be doing all that. But he came to me in my dream and he said, I love you. So no matter what, no matter what, I know that in his mind, in his mind, there is love. In his heart, there is love. It's there. It's in, it's in all of us. Every single one of us, no matter what we do, no matter what we say, inside all of us is the alpha. Inside all of us is the soul. Inside all of us is love. The kingdom of heaven is within you. That's been said over and over. It's there. It's there. It's love and it's there and it's inside you. It's inside you. It's inside me. It's inside all of us. And what we do as alpha men is we elevate the alpha. Is we bring that heart, that heart of love, that heart of compassion, that heart of gratitude, that heart of forgiveness, and we elevate it and we use it and we use it to listen. We use it to listen to what our mind is telling us because the mind is just another form of energy. Just like the words we say is a form of energy, it's sound energy. Just like the actions we take is just a form of energy, it's movement energy, it's matter and density. You are not your mind. You are not your mind. You are not your identity. You are not the story you tell yourself about yourself. That is the energy that you use to create an experience in this earth school, in this earth classroom. You are not that. You are the chooser. You are the one that listens. You are the one that guides. You are the one that transmutes the illusion into the reality, the illusion of fear into the reality of love. That's who you are. That's the love. That's the alpha. And that's who you are. That's who we are. That's who we, all of us are. We're all alphas. We're all alpha men. We're all alpha women. We're all souls of light. We're all souls of love. And the most important thing that we can do as alphas is to watch that mind Watch the conditioning. Watch the stories that we've been told about who we are, about who we should be, about who we shouldn't be, about what we must do, about what we have to do, about what's right and what's wrong, right? Be very, very vigilant of this because what you like and don't like is not really you. <laughs> it's your training. It's your conditioning. What you should and shouldn't do is not really you. It's your training. It's your conditioning. What's Even what's right and wrong, brother, even what's right and wrong is not you. It's your training. It's your programming. It's your conditioning. And it's going to vary from person to person based on culture, based on religion, based on education, based on all kinds of different variables that get into the program, that get into the, the mind and the brain and it starts running this program. Now, of course... You could say, hey, well, everything's a story. Even it's a story that we're love. Yes, of course, we could say that, but have the experience. I know you guys have had the experience or else you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. You're listening to this podcast because you probably had a mystical experience at some point in your life. And maybe the mystical experience came from listening to this podcast. Something you heard resonated. It touched you in a way that said, oh my gosh, I never thought of it that way. You begin to wake up. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. But you are love. You are alpha. 
That's what we are. And consciousness is energy. So watch the mind. Watch the mind. Love, 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 love your enemies. Love the people that kick you. Love the, if you're down, like this is back from the uh, karmic clock, you know, we're all wandering around. If you're down, you trip, you fall. Or maybe you didn't trip and fall. Maybe just somebody rushes you, ambushes you. It's okay. It's okay. Show them love. Extend your hand to them. Give them a hug. Tell them the truth. Tell them, help them remember. Forgive them before they know not what they do. They don't know. They really don't. And you do know because you're the alpha. You know they don't. So don't, 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 don't turn your back. You know, don't punish. Just smile and turn the other cheek and love. And that's what I have for you today. Until next week, brothers, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.